everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs, episode 21. On today's episode, we get an opportunity to talk to Pete Skiba with Air Cold. Pete's been in the VW scene for almost 20 years uh, doing the airbag thing and came into the scene quite a few years ago doing something totally different. And it's been quite a ride for Pete. Um, I think anybody that can objectively look at it knows that it's been a bit of an uphill situation for him because he has a little bit of a mini truck background, but you can tell through his style bringing that into the VW scene. And uh, he seemed to outlast a lot of his competitors. He's still around today, but it's a really good interview. We really kind of get down to the nuts and bolts of things and find out a lot about what he's doing now and a lot of the new technology he's working with. So uh, take a listen. Let me know what you think. Also, Really love for you guys to get on and review the podcast. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can scroll down to the three dots at the bottom, click that, hit review, and review our podcast. You guys review the podcast. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast for your review. We appreciate any support you guys get. Also, if you guys want to check us out, we'll be down at the DKP meet Friday, May 31st in historic Main Street down in Garden Grove on May 31st. So uh, get an opportunity to come down, check us out, say hi. We'll look forward to seeing you guys there. Uh, without any further ado, Pete Skiba. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 1974 Volkswagen, covered by VW Motors Security Blanket. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. On today's podcast, we've got uh, a young man that's been in the game for quite a while and has really been a guy that uh, has shaken things up quite a bit in the scene. Um, he's one of the suspension guys that's been at it for a long time, specifically in VWs. And I'd like to welcome uh, Pete Skiba with Air Cooled out of Goodyear, Arizona. Pete, welcome to the podcast. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, so I've been wanting to get you on the podcast because, you know, you've been at this for a long time and uh, I, I guess maybe maybe it depends on, from my standpoint, where I'm at when I'm running across your name and what you guys are doing and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to, I mean, you've heard a couple episodes of the podcast and the main thing about this, because we're all VW people, my, my number one thing to first get from you is your VW story. How did you get into VWs? And then, uh, you know, that's, that's really what connects us all together at the end of the day, the, the, the VW, the hobby. So what's your VW story and how'd you get into VWs? I think it was probably late seventies, uh, early eighties. Um, my father had just, uh, got out of, uh, working as a forklift mechanic at Coca-Cola and he had been doing, uh, doom buggies. Um, and he was, uh, having somebody build his own frames and he was doing transaxles and motors and, and, uh, and I was a guy in the solvent tank and I was cleaning these cases and cleaning these motors and, and uh, I didn't know any better, you know, um, being it, my, my dad was a military guy and, and he was, uh, always about how clean the case was. Like if there was, you know, baked on 90 weight onto the case, like, and it was still on there. Like I was back in the solvent tank scrubbing it. Right. <laughs> right. That, it, that super it, disciplined structure. Oh my God. Like he got me like literally to learn that when he's drilling like a piece of steel, 
uh, for fabrication that I was there with the vacuum as the, the little shards were coming off. I was vacuuming up because if I did it then, then there wouldn't be any on the floor. Sure. You know, sure. so, um, you know, growing up in the VW scene, that's all I did was, you know, take apart front ends, take apart transaxles, take apart motors, clean them, get them ready for him to prep and, and dial in. And, uh, you know, I, I, later in life, I, I ended up resenting it because, you know, that's all I did. You know, that was my life. Yeah. And so, so now your dad did that as a job or it was kind of his hobby or he, he did that as kind of a segue. Um, I could be off with my facts, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that they pulled some kind of, uh, pension from coca-cola at in the late 70s and my dad was like 21 years in or some crap and he uh he said okay you know talk with my mom and and they decided that they were going to start building sandrails for a living wow and um you know i i i didn't know any better you know i'm just a kid on a big wheel you know you know uh, that that's that's my dream (laughs) um and uh, he decided to start building them, and uh, I was there to, uh, I guess, be a janitor. If I really think back, <laughs> you know, like I was the cleaner guy. You well, know? I, you know, I think you know now. Maybe looking at it from the standpoint now, as a business owner, you're the janitor. You're the everything guy. Like nothing happens without you. And we, we talked about that a little bit on the phone. Both being business owners, you kind of you're willing to do whatever it takes. You know, so. But being part of a family business, so your dad started building sandrails. Where is this at? Is this in Southern California? Is this in Arizona? Or where is this at? Yeah, this was in Southgate. We grew up uh, Southgate until 80, 84. And then we moved out to Norco, which is North Corona, um, in 85. And uh, so we're building it in Southgate. These houses are like 1,100 square foot. And he had like a two-car garage and a den in the back. And he was building these buggies out of this shop and um i was there doing what i you know what he told me to do really you know right right um and when we moved to norco he built a 3200 square foot shop and uh he started building them full time so he had this big what literally you could fit like maybe 15 20 dune buggies in there and he would be building them from scratch Oh really? And, like I mean, uh, tubing, bending, all that stuff. Everything. Yeah. If, if he didn't, he didn't buy tools too often. He made tools. Right. So he's taking hydraulic rams and making tube benders, and and like he's he's pretty good at. He, he'd get a catalog like a thousand bucks for that. I can make it. Yep. <laughs> that yep. was that was your old man, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the Volkswagen like thing, you know? Like, oh no, I can make that myself. You know? Yeah. Like, figure out a way to 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 put some duct tape and bubble gum together and figure out how to make it work. Well, it's, you know, it's funny. I had Randy Carlson on the, on the podcast a little bit ago and we talked about all these crazy cards that he gets, like these funky one-off builds that people get. And it's funny because there's that VW mentality. I think the resourcefulness of a VW guy, you know, because either out of necessity or out of desire or a lack of in a lack of income or whatever the case is. But there's a lot of guys that get into some of that, you know, crazy, car building because they just don't have other options so so now this is you're growing up you're so you're growing up working your dad's sandrail shop what was the name of the business it was a buggy world what buggy world Uh uh-huh so he built sand cars and then now you're growing into being a teenager all that kind of stuff is it just natural that you're just gonna get a bug no matter like hey which one did you not cut up and that's the one i'll take right no no i think um 
I always use the 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 thing about Glamis. I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with Glamis. Absolutely, or... I got a sand car. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, I always tell this story. It's very embarrassing. Hope my mom doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but I remember being in in his car, and um, it only had lap belts, right? Two seater lap belts, and I was sitting in between my mom's legs. Who you know, I don't know. Back in the '70s, they didn't shave from like you know the the knees down, right? right? And I just got chafed so bad sitting in the back of this sitting in between her legs in this car and I had to hold the, the handle. And so I've been in it from early, early age of being in the sandrail business that I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of got over it pretty quick, yeah. you know, but I, but I've been into it for so long that my, I think my dad kind of saw me kind of getting irritated or not, not interested. And he's kind of maybe looking at it as this is what I'm going to pass on to you. Yeah, this is my number one employee. Like, I can't get him to lose interest. Right, right, right. So he uh, he picks up uh, a Manx buggy, and it's, you know, he he turns poop into ice cream. That's what he does, right? right. So he, at 13, I, I get this uh, Manx, and he builds a 1914 for it, and drum brakes, white wheels, you know, single roll bar. You know, the classic Manx that were back out there. and yeah. We go up to, you know, Jawbone Canyon, and and we put some desert tracks. So we go out to Glamis, and at 13, I'm driving this by myself. Nice. No, no, no uh, driver's license, and that was cool because you know, kind of gives you that idea that, you know, whatever you've learned, you know, under his tutelage, if you will, yeah, um, that you can now understand how to use turning brakes, how to use, you know, how to drift here, how to turn here, you know, whatever. Right. You just kind of learn that. Um, it was fun. It was fun. Um, and then your first Volkswagen is what? So your first Volkswagen is the Manx. First street car is what? 66 Beetle when I was 15. Um, my dad had a deal with all the um, tow yards in <laughs> like Norco Corona Riverside. He was the dude that got the call. Like, (laughs) yes, we have these in here. If they don't pick them up, my dad will pick them up. Perfect. He went down there. Like, I mean, they actually started delivering them. It's crazy. Like, cause I had to take them apart. Right. Cause this is how dune buggies, you needed the torsion housing. You had to cut them up. You know, I found MPG TV wood steering wheels and these things and not even knowing what the value of these things are now. Right. And uh, we found a 66 of super clean and they didn't pick it up, you know, after getting impounded. And nice. I think he spent four or $500 on it. And uh, we spent the better part of a year putting it together and, and restoring it. And it was my high school car at 16. Nice. So it was a, it was a nice street bug for your oh, high yeah. school car. So I was like, mm-hmm. hey, that dude's dad owns Buggy World. So he's going to have a nice bug type thing. Right. Meanwhile, you had to put your sweat equity into it to build the thing. So. Sure. So then take me from, so now you're, now you're in high school, you're exposed to the VW thing. Is it just this unsaid thing that you're just going to take over dad's business or work in dad's business or, or did you like break away? I'm going on doing my own thing and then found yourself sucked back into the VW thing. Like how does, how do we jump from high school to where you start into doing your own thing? I don't know if. I have to I have to pause because this is kind of like an emotional thing. My, my dad, my dad, kind of got beat up as a as a as a kid from his dad. That's the only way that my dad's dad knew how to parent, and sure. obviously that trickled down to me. And you know, I didn't really know 
what it meant to later, you know, when somebody is, you know, smacks you up the head, you know, all the time, you yeah. know, it, you don't necessarily want to be a part of them at all. Sure. Sure. So like get me out of here as soon as possible. Right. Yeah. And typical but, teenager, you kind of, as soon as we become teenagers, like we want, we want to fly the coop. You know how to drive. I don't need dad anymore. I'm, I'm ready to go. Oh, like the, 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 the worst part about it was that he paid the check. You know, you got a check, right. You yeah. know, like, you got to do pretty much. I don't even remember what my check was, but I could tell you that I made some pretty good money as as sure. a, a teenager working for my dad, right? Yeah. And when you make a decision, he always held a lever over me and yeah, says, yeah. "If you don't do this, I'm going to put your car out there at the street without the motor in it, and uh, and I'm going to kick you out of the out of the house, right? Like, oh my God, like uh, the lever thing, man. It's just you grow up." Yeah, with that over your head all the time, it's kind of tough, man. It's, it, so it makes you start scheming, like, all right, how? What's my move? What's right. my move, and how do I get get out of this? Yeah. So I worked with him until I was seventeen. Um, I had uh, I had a I was in a car club, um, a couple different ones, but uh, at that time it was Visual Perfection, and we um, I was running. I was president of a of a chapter, and uh, I got a call from a friend, and he had an opening as an assistant manager at Discount Tire, or what we call America's Tire Company out in California. Right. Um. And uh, I got an interview with them, and they uh, I was the first person ever to get hired on with the company as an assistant manager, and not having to be a tire changer first. Right. Because I had like skills, I had skills, and they they said, you know, we're you're gonna come in, and, and we like your the ethic and your whatever. Yeah, those they saw. guys are like, how do I work this tire machine? You're like, I can build you the tire machine. Right, exactly. Like, like you can weld, you can build motors, you can do all kind of stuff, and and those guys are just kind of getting their teeth cut. So you walk on as assistant manager, and then you decide like now you're doing your own thing. Yep. 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 But, uh, I got an apartment. I had a storage unit. I was out of his hair. Everything was good. Um, they, they, they taught me a lot like successful business. They taught you how to run a business. Right. And, and I, and I worked for them for two years and I learned, um, a lot of things that I have now used in my business forever. Um, and after that, I kind of decided to work for Home Depot, mm-hmm. and which is also another successful company. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about processes. The, the tough thing about having a business is, you know, ideas are the foundation of everything, right? So you start mm-hmm. with this crazy idea, like, I'm going to do this, and then there's a need. So there's always the supply and demand, which is your basic business. But to mm-hmm. become a successful business, you get to have structure, policies, procedures, those types of things, which some people go, oh, no, that's corporate America. But that's how you make it every month that's how you structure the organization which is tough yeah it kind of molds you and what you need to do what you need to learn uh what you need to prepare for well and the reality is in in today's case you know so many kids are like push push go to college go to college go to college but you in those environments you're you're working in in a position where you're learning business management Mm hands-on you're not taking a class or trying to understand a theory and, 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 and thinking that, oh, well, I've been taught about business, so I know how this works. I mean, you know, you're there at Home Depot, and they're showing you the process and procedures, and some of them you're questioning. And then as a business owner, you, you turn around and go, now I know why they do that. 
and you're getting paid for it. Sure. To, yeah. to learn, and you're not having that height, that debt, you know, that you have to pay for the next 10 years, right? Yeah. And a, and a lot of people, it's funny because sometimes people, you and another guy will both work at the same place and get two different things out of it. And it really depends on your vantage point of like, if you're thinking, I'm going to open a business of my own one day. And here's some good things that I've learned along the way that I'm going to take with me into my own business because I see it works. You know, I remember when I used to work back in the day, I did car audio installations, right? I worked for uh, Circuit City and I used to have to call like, oh, it was the worst thing. Everybody hated to do this. Everyone hated to pick the phone up the next day and you had to go, hi, this is Bill with the road shop at Circuit City. You were here yesterday and I want to make sure that your experience here was excellent. And if it wasn't excellent, what could we do? And as an employee, you're thinking like, Dude, that's just going to cause nothing but problems. I'm going to have people complaining about this, this, and this. But as a business owner, you think to yourself like, man, what could telegraph more to a customer that I care than mm-hmm. we follow up with them the next day? So, so it's funny. It depends on which, which perspective you're looking at. It's the same, it's the same process. But as a, as a business owner, product developer, a person who's trying to put something out to the market, there's nothing that could be more connecting to your customer or something like that. But as an employee, you look at like, this is dumb, man. This is gonna, this is gonna, causes all kinds of issues. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally get it. And, and learning from entrepreneurs, you know what I'm saying? Like l- learning from business owners, yeah. you can take a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and you can kind of make your own mix and, and figure out what works. Um, sometimes it doesn't work, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and those are failures that kind of give you, re- I don't know if it's resilience or you, you understand what you did and figure out another way to apply it you sure. know, so that it works. Um, so it, it was good for me to do that and, and work with uh, both companies and, and kind of have a good ground floor. And, you know, uh, one thing I, I didn't mention is with my dad, obviously listening to your old podcast, the, the same name keeps on coming up and it's empty. Yeah. And, and we learned that in my dad being, very OCD mm-hmm. about what he obviously talking about the little drill press and the vacuum. Um, he would buy parts and he would manipulate them to, to make them work for what he wanted. Right. And most sure. of the time they didn't really work out of the box. Right? right. You had to, you had to do that. And that's kind of been the, I don't know, the stamp on Volkswagen aftermarket forever. It's always been kind of close enough. good enough. Right. 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 And I use the analogy 70% is good enough right now. Right. Like that's just kind of like the same work. Um, that you, you who gives a hundred percent is going to get a, a, a ton of business is going to like flourish. And no, absolutely. And I don't know. I, I know it's too soon to go into this, but I don't know. Just just having the conversation with my my circle and and, and finding out is is seventy percent good enough now in twenty nineteen because it seems it seems like it is. Right. And the people, like if I, if I decided, Hey, I'm going to just close my doors and now it's going to be like 60%. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I care a hundred percent, right? Like sure. my level is up here and I want to give a hundred percent and I always want to get better. But sometimes people don't necessarily want a hundred, right? Or they can't, they don't want to pay for a hundred. Well, they there's the, co- the, remember we're dealing with, the, we're, we're dealing with a group of people that their thought is like, I'll build it myself. Narrow beam. That's easy. I've narrowed a beam personally. Let me tell you my welds, caterpillars, bro. They're the ugliest welds you've ever seen. My brother mocks me, but there was this thing with the VW guy and maybe it's, maybe it's the, the, the group of people we go for. Cause a lot of them start with nothing. And that's why they end up with Volkswagen. I mean, that was my case. Right. And, but, but we've got to earn our street cred. Like we got to build it ourselves. We got to do this. And then as you get older and smarter, you start thinking, 
my time is better spent making the money to buy the part, let somebody else put the R and D research and development. So, and I was looking at, so I'm perusing your website because you've come a long way. I mean, really a long way from where you started back in what? 89, like uh, 98, 98. I think it was your start just before 2000. Cause I remember you came out, your shop's coming out a couple years before my bus hits the road. My bus hits the road in 01. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how time everything like, cause I, I got out of the scene then back <laughs> in the scene and, you know, from what you started with basic little air, air kits to now the pro built front ends, which we're going to get into a little bit there. We're going to talk about the details on this stuff. But talking to you about your upbringing right now, what you've been through, I can tell looking at the part because, I listen, I own a water jet. I own a quarter million dollar water jet. I use it for cutting granite. Why did I buy a quarter million dollar water jet? I don't know. I thought I could cut car parts. I thought I'd be able to. But we're so busy with the granite business. But spending the money in the machinery – you know, I looked at your parts, like the raw parts you're having made, and it's not some dude working out of his backyard. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I look at the the pieces, the stamping, all these things that are taking taking uh, taking place of these things, and you can tell that, dude, you can make something with a, a simple press and some stuff like that and take all this hours and time to make it, and is it going to be perfect? Ah, it's going to be close. But the stuff that you're putting out, I mean, I, and listen, I own none of your parts. I'll make that disclaimer. I don't own any air-cooled stuff. I don't have any air-cooled stuff in my car. So this is an unbiased observer looking at the, the stuff. Because I cruised through a bunch of your videos today and stuff, just kind of getting some feedback to see what's up. And I can really tell, I mean, from the wheels, because I thought the wheels you were selling were just wheels that you, that you just like third party. That's what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Because I'm not, because, and that, that's part of the problem. I get sucked into it. Everybody gets sucked into it. We go to what sound bites we like. We listen to what we like. If we're not super, because I'm not a smoothie guy, so I never really researched the smoothie thing. But once I saw what you went through to make your smoothies, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, he's just buying the smoothies from Budnick or somebody. Somebody makes, he just, you know, shot wheels or whoever's making his things for him and he's just third party or whatever. And then I saw the process that you went through to make your own smoothie. I mean, it's easier to do what I said. You know what I mean? But there's mm-hmm. a difference. Control. And do you have the control when you're farming it out to somebody? And that then becomes part of the problem. You know, I mean, in my granite business, I can do the same thing. I can subcontract the granite work to meet any kind of schedule. Am I going to be in control of the quality we get? No. I'm going to be subject to their control, their, to their quality. And then I may have those things to deal with. But the reality is, I, you know, I perused a bunch of your parts and stuff. And I thought, like, man, like... When he says pro built front end, like that's a legit front end. And it's funny because, you know, anybody can narrow beam. Anybody. Anybody with a chop saw and a welder and half an idea can narrow. Now, are they going to narrow it correctly? Are they understanding the geometry behind it? Are they putting the time, effort, energy, and design and development behind it? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? A lot of people are like, oh, it's easy. Just lop the ends off, do this, do whatever. And that's great. That gets by with some people. But I looked at the quality of your product and there's a reason it costs what it costs. You know what I mean? And there's, there, there's no such thing as a free lunch in this world. Some people got to learn the hard way. Some people, gotta, some people go, oh, it's not, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that important to me. Okay, well, if your front end breaks or something happens, like, hey, that's what, you know, what's your life worth? You know what I mean? Like, Get it. Mm-hmm. That, that's really what it's about. So I, I can tell by looking at the stuff that, that but it's interesting Cause you couple that with your upbringing and knowing like your dad, the way he kind of 
forced you to learn how to work on stuff is like, it's going to be right or we're not doing it type thing. You can tell by looking at your parts and pieces. And so there's always something good comes out of every situation. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's a commitment that not a lot of people are willing to give in the VW scene. Like exactly to what you said, a lot of people, 70% is pretty good. Yep. 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 And, and, and sometime that's, uh, I think they call it, uh, um, understand like what is that uh uh, uh, ungift a gift that you don't know you're going to get later in life you know when you're gonna um you know open up a business and understand that maybe being ocd about something is really going to pay off in this market right correct correct yeah and and it did it reared it reared its head in in and quality and 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 you know being able to reject a part because you don't want to have your name on it right yeah it's it's not tough for me. It's easy for me to go. I don't want that out there. Sure. Sure. Right? So, um, and, and I get it. it. And, and, and the, so the interesting part is like, that's, that's the main reason for this podcast. Like when you listen to the interviews with people, you get to know the backstory, you get to understand really what's about, because here's the deal. You go to a show and some dude wants to talk to you about front ends and you got 40 people wanting to talk to you and you don't get the time. And you'd love to do this with every one of your customers, sit down and say like, Hey, Here's my background, man. Here's where I come from. And this is why I do what I do, you know, and some people, some people just look at the cart, look at the price and move on. Like, yeah, it's more, I found this other website. That's this, that, and whatever. And some people you're never going to change, you know, but there are some people that appreciate what you're doing and they're going to be loyal, committed followers. And also from this podcast, hopefully people are going to hear it, man. They're going to go, man, I never thought of air cooled from that perspective because Sometimes we're going to get into this too <laughs> a little bit later. Sometimes when you're coming in to change the game, people don't like it. And people also like, who's this Pete guy? Who's he think he is? Oh yeah, Pete, whatever. He's just putting air shocks onto this, this or whatever. And look, man, everybody starts with something and everybody takes that evolution as far as they're going to go. And we've some people, we've seen some people compete against you and they were in the game for a year and a half and then they got, and then they realized like, Oh, I'm out of this cause I'm not committed to the long term. I just wanted to show that I could, maybe halfway do something or other that didn't really work. But so let's get back to what I want to get back to. So now you're working Home Depot. You, you've got, and it's interesting because I started as a tile contractor working for a tile company and then did my own thing and then did my own thing for a couple of years. And I did it. Eh. Well, then I worked for a corporate flooring company and that's where I learned the business of business. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just like exactly what you're talking about. So then when I opened my own company again, five years later, it was a whole different ball game. There was a sure. whole different structure, a whole different understanding of how we're going to all do these business. tools. Yeah. 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 You know, I get it. Absolutely. So now you're working, you're, you're working for, you're working, you moved on from, from discount tire to home Depot and then you're working at home Depot and then you're this whole time you're still in a VWs as a hobby or you kind of get out of it for a little bit or kind of how's that whole no, thing? I, I, I think there was a, a mini truck stage, you know, where you're, you're, you're it's building in your influence, trucks. man. It's yeah. love it or hate it. It's in your influence. And I, I, I see it. I appreciate it because I love, man, I'm a, I, I love too many cars. So I like way too much stuff. So I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a Volkswagen, like it's Volkswagen or it's nothing like, mm-hmm. and I think people can I, tell. That, that's, a, that's a good point. And I think, um, we all want to express ourselves in, in certain ways, you know, and yeah. I, I had, uh, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was bad then, but I knew it was bad later when people used to do like the, 
the uh, fiberglass dashes on a Volkswagen, you know, the covers, <laughs> right? Right. And, and, and I thought, you know what, you know, street rods are making these smooth dashes. And obviously I don't have the skills at 15 or 16 to smooth my dash and, 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 and all that. So I upholstered it and did a French seam on it and, and did some videos and it, it looked different, right? You know, sure. you're just like, you're creating like, holy crap, look at this dash. It looks like it's, you know, not a padded dash, but something super cool. Right, right. Um, and then you get into mini trucks and, you know, you're, you're doing things that nobody's ever done. We're doing, you know, uh, Honda Civic dashes in Toyota trucks, full cages, you know, air ride, laying them on the ground with 18 inch wheels. And, right. And, um, I was fortunate enough, but it was always, it was also like a bad thing for me that I probably won in three years of doing it, like a hundred trophies, like best, oh, really? show, best paints, best interiors, like crazy. And this is in a mini truck or Volkswagen? Mini truck, mini trucking. What kind of mini I, truck? I had a Toyota, a 94 Toyota pickup, just a, st a standard cab. Yeah, that um, you wish you had today because they're all coming back like crazy. Right, they're right. All, they're all coming. Look, I'm look, I'm out on the hunt. I'm like looking for a super cherry. Uh, I was just at my swap meet. So I put on a swap meet in Las Vegas called the Las Vegas Auto Swap Meet. It's kind of like a mini Pomona. Probably yeah. 2,000 people show up to the one-day event. Yeah. And a guy was there with an 83 Nissan King Cab. And it was a kind of a kind of a beater truck, and it's on a I've, thing. It's five speed, and and the guy, and it's on the it's on the trailer. I'm like, hey, what's up? You didn't sell it. He's like, I said, what are you asking for? He's like, uh, eight fifty, and it needs a, the body's a little rough. I'm like, it runs. He's like, yeah, it runs. I'm like, bro, I built like that's the easy build, right? I'm thinking, all right, dude, I'll work out a deal with you, and I'll buy that truck. And luckily, he never showed up at my house the next day because my wife's like, why would you buy that truck? I'm like, because it was. It was uh, $600. We agreed to $600. <laughs> luckily, right. luckily, he didn't show up. But, you know, the, the, really the deal is now, if you, if you look at the market, because that's the thing. It's so funny because as youth, it's all opposition, like skateboard or BMX. Which is it? And you can't do both because you're a poser. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, that's the whole thing. And it's stupid because they're all cool. Like, all my skate buddies are buying old school BMX bikes now to cruise around because that's kind of what we had. Now, they weren't big BMX guys, but... We're all a little bit older, and it's a lot easier to ride a bike around and not look ridiculous as it is on a skateboard. But, you know, so, so, so you have always that mini truck contingent versus the VWs, but in reality, it's all the same time period. It's all the... Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, all it the was, same stuff. It was, um, it was a period where I, I learned what, which was a stigma of mine for a while in air-cooled, but... I got a little cocky. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Like, um, your stuff doesn't stink. Right. You it know, happens. like every, if, if I showed up to the show, I was taking in the the awards, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And people didn't want me to show up because they wanted to win awards. Right. And I, I didn't understand the value of award. I was understanding that, you know, almost like the Ricky Bobby mentality, you're either first or you're last. Right. Right. And so I wanted to be, the best at that, you know, at, at that, uh, that class, you sure. know, and, um, it probably brought out the wrong side of me, you know, the competitive nature of like, I just want to, you know, cut their throat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I want it, I want that trophy more than she wants that trophy or he wants that trophy or whatever. It's natural know. competition. That's what it brings out in people. Yep. And, uh, I, uh, I, after, I don't know if there's a segue or not, but the, the, the mini truck kind of, 
started a business um, called New Image. Mm-hmm. You might know about it, but um, we used to do air ride uh, for mini trucks. Yeah. And our first client was an air ride on a bug, and this was '98. Yeah. First, first air ride, uh, sixty Beetle. Um, built it, went well, awesome time. Um, started doing things for SEMA builds. Started doing local mini trucks and four links and step notches and John Tundro. I don't know if you know who John Tundro is. It was Stage One Customs out in Riverside. Right. Yeah. He, he was just down the street from us. Right. Yeah. You know. So you bounce the stuff off of John and and. Uh, you know, you go to all of those big truck nationals, you know, everywhere. And uh, eventually, um, we started making gauge faces. I don't know if you've ever seen the gauge faces with the flames on them. They were, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So um, I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm, I'm, I've got I've got a set of those. In a, did you make them for a Tahoe? Because I have a set. Yeah, I've yeah, got a, yeah. I've got a '99 Tahoe that I bought in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, my son, it got totaled when my son was driving a little bit. It's in my backyard. I think the gauge is, would the gauge just say new image on the gauge? Uh, absolutely. Um, I think I got a set of those. I, it's like a gauge overlay type deal. Yeah. Um, well, the first original ones when we started in, in 2000 were uh, overlays. And then we uh, got into automated screen printing. So uh-huh. you, we actually made the faces all digital and, and had the little... Uh, little dots so that wherever the light was, it would be darker there and fade. So it was more even, mm-hmm. you know, got really technical. The reason I say this. And this is a business you started? Uh, yeah, I started it. And uh, I brought in a guy who was very digital savvy. So he knew all about this. And I was the marketing guy and he was the, he knew this. And um, I, I I can't tell you how amazing it is to be successful in business because we did a truck and ad and we sold, I don't know. 20,000 of these gauge faces in a month. Wow. Like money was crazy. Wow. Like, oh, well, now we need them for Ford. Now we need them for Chevy. Now we need them for Dodge. And pretty soon you're getting Toyota Racing Development calling you making gauge faces for them. Wow. Or, you know, like crazy in six months you're doing big numbers and you're going, do I really need to work as much as I need to? Because sure. this success like crazy. Um, that was... Uh, part of my understanding of wholesale, understanding of working with corporate America, people that are very successful, mm-hmm. very uh, savvy entrepreneurs. And um, eventually uh, I sold the company. I, I, I got out of it because um, I don't know. I, I think it was too easy. Is that even a, 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 a weird sentence to say? It no, was too- I mean, it could, it could be without question, you know, you know, like, it comes too easy. Something for nothing, something for nothing has no value. So sometimes when things move a little too quickly, it doesn't it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Like it it came too easy. Trust me. I, I mean, I ran into a, a substantial amount of money when I was thirty seven from a from a real estate deal that it wasn't me at all. It was just kind of timing. Image it blows up out of nowhere. You're making more money than you thought you were making, and so you end up. And how old are you at this time when this is happening? Uh, 23. So you're 23 years old and, and I'm, and I kind of missed a spot here. Like I, I'm trying to understand how you got in it. So just by building mini trucks, you're like, I'm gonna make a really cool dash. And somebody's like, Oh, you should make no, me no, one. Like, no, how did no. you get into that? So my partner at the, I didn't have a partner at time, sole proprietor, mm-hmm. you know, and in any business, um, usually 
there's color it's color associated and this is what i usually talk about you're either in the red or you're in the green right, right. You're, you're you always want to be in the green but when you're a new company you're in the red sometimes you got employees you oh yeah sometimes you're in the red you got to figure out how to make that money yeah um i uh, had uh, this guy came into me and he's like look um I have this idea of building these gauge faces, but I ain't got no money. And I'm like, here's a check. Let's make a hundred of them right now. Now you've already got a company doing what? Uh, new image. So I'm you're a third party. Air, air, I'm building air ride trucks. Air I'm ride. doing okay. um, paint work and shaving and all, you know, all the, the custom. Sure. Sure. You're like, you took on. the mini truck hobby and like, I'm going to build a business around this. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, and it, at that time, it's what I liked, and I, it wasn't about Volkswagens, right? Like, it was, like, not even something I wanted to think about because of my old man. At sure, time. sure. So uh, he came in, and, and I'm like, yeah, let's let's see if I can supplement my income, you know? And and then you realize the product business is way more lucrative than the like, labor the labor and paint business. Like I, I don't understand where I wanted to have that built, not bought mentality. Right. When you can make a product like the Juice Man, you yep. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just sell the crap out of it, and you go, I'm only working three hours a week, <laughs> and I'm building trucks for SEMA in January. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, yeah. Who does that? Right? Like, where, where's my meaning? What's my worth? Like, what am I doing here? Because you're doing killer cash all, right. day, all day, every day. You're cashing checks from Key, uh, Keystone Automotive, uh, AutoZone. Four wheel parts holes are you're 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 you know what I'm saying? It's weird. Yeah, yeah. You're you're looking at one side like, man, I really I'm pushing my guys are working super hard trying to get this build done. Meanwhile, this is just mailbox money. It just keeps showing up. We came up yep. with a process, we're producing a simple part and it were just in, out, and like, why am I beating myself up building stuff? Yeah, that's yep. what it's and, a, and it kind of faded, you know, and so you I was only building SEMA cars and, and SEMA displays and and working three hours a day for five days a week, you know. Yeah. So, like, technically, I think it's called American Dream. Right. <laughs> right. At twenty-three years old. With it. So it happens fast right. uh, for you, and you don't really get to appreciate what you have at this time. Mm -hmm. You're thinking, "I'm the I'm the goose laid the golden egg, man. Doesn't matter what idea I have. Tomorrow will be another one, and it'll be my next big, big deal. So, you know, let's just let's turn this thing and do something else. So you end up. You said you end up selling new image. Yep. And uh, matter of fact, um, when I sold it, obviously you have money. Yeah. And it's going to sound really weird, but a good friend of mine, uh, his parents own uh, an RV storage facility. You know, yeah. so they own like three acres. And when you do the math, you know, they own the property. They clear $23,000 a month. Yeah. Sitting on property and, and storing RV. So. I came up with storemyrv.com, right? You know, I'm like, I got this cash. I'm going to go lease some ground. I'm going to put a mobile home on it, and I'm going to store, you know, store RVs. And I haven't seen that kind of dismay on my face so in so long because nobody would look at a 23, 24-year-old kid and say, I'm going to lease you commercial property so that you can put RVs on it. Really? You don't have enough street cred to get these properties. And I'm like, so I have to get somebody that has, you know, enough assets to back behind you up. them to say, 
okay, you have four properties worth, you know, $10 million. Sure. Now you have assets to, that I can go against if you do something with my property, yeah, right? If you default on my property or don't, you know, it was crazy. Like stuff that obviously I didn't know enough about. Um, well, you're still, remember you're still getting your street ed. I, and I tell people this all the time. You're going to get, you're going to pay for an education one way or another, going to school or on the street, but you're going to pay, you're going to pay for that education through mistakes or paying the government through government loans, but you're going to pay. There's no free lunch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I don't know what I did in like four months after selling my business because I, I always have to be busy. Right. And no matter where I went and, and, and tried to, to, to negotiate with these, all I did was go on back streets looking for lots, you know? Right. Well, okay. Okay. This lot is, you know, three acres and how much can I, you know, make out of this one? And, and eventually I just had to give up and I'm like, you know, I think I'm just going to go home and work on my Volkswagens, you know? And, uh, sure. I went home and, and I had, uh, my, my parents got me a 58 rag for my graduation and I really didn't do anything with it, but I had developed an air ride just for me, you know, just for my car. And I think it was 2002. I took it out to Pomona and uh, trailered out there and literally you couldn't see where I was. Right. right. I don't know. And, and, and it could be, I could be corrected, but I don't think anybody's brought a chassis out for people to see underneath the Volkswagen. Right. Like people, it, it, it was, it was new. Like, what is what is what is just a chassis doing here, right? Like, yeah. that was that wasn't a concept that anybody grasped, and and it was air ride. It was laying on the ground on alloys, right? Like, right, California style, sure, but with mini truck twist, right? Yep. I, 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 you couldn't describe your style more exact than that, right? And 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 I didn't know any better that I was just going there because it's a car show, man. You know, like that's kind of the thing you go out there to show off your work and, and you either get people mumbling stuff behind you, you know, like, Oh, I could do that. Right. Not or always, or this is sick, man. You know, like yeah. good job. Right. And and that kind of like brightens you up. Right. I kind of needed a brightening up after, you know, like the total dismay of not being able to, you know, move on with a new venture, you know? Right. And I would probably say at that show, 50, 60 people wanted kits, you wow. know, air ride kits. And I'm yeah. like, what? I'm taking orders. <laughs> well, no, no, I didn't want to, you know, like I sure. still had this resentment towards my dad, right? I didn't want to open that. Yeah, I'm not going to go back so, in the Volkswagen business. The Pandora's box and go, okay, you know, and it's it's funny because, you know, talking to my employees now and, and I'm like, I don't want to smell 90 weight on transmission. So if we get boxes of core parts, you just take it over there. Right, because that'll bring back you to that old yeah, time, that, right? Yeah, th those smells will trigger that man, yep. uh, without question. So, um, at my house, two car garage. I talk with a friend who has a Volkswagen. He builds websites. I say, let's do let's do aircool.com, but I'm gonna spell it differently. And worst decision ever because nobody could say it right. You know. <laughs> right. Arc weld, arky weld, you know, like, holy crap. Like, I don't know what I did wrong. I'm going to call it A-A-A-A-A Volkswagens next time. And then right. You're going to go back to the 60s method of marketing, like first in the phone book is going to get you all right, the business. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely, right? 
and uh, we get the website built. And it's funny because my first three products were like a, a gauge faces, white, gray, and, and cream gauge faces. I remember, yeah, the, the, the gauge face overlays. Yeah, yeah, I called them AK Speedo dials. And then I had the little CC emblems that were all the engine sizes. Yep, yep. And I had air ride kits, yeah. right? And it was just, you know, Simple. early early 49 to 65. And uh, so they were link pin kits and you started this bit. So you air cooled is born out of your garage. Like yep. you're like, okay, there's clearly there's a demand and I'm going to fill it. Yep. So you start yep. building kits and then pretty soon people want me to put them on their cars. And I didn't know that how crazy the, there is not a lot of people that want to do that. Right. right? Like an, a, a, you mean put air ride on both sides. What do you mean? Like, I don't understand. It's like, like an uh, old dogs don't want to see new tricks, right? Sure, sure. Oh, you mean I have to create an install article? All right, let's let's do an install article, right? And uh, Bruce Samurda calls me up and hey, hey, let's do an install install article, right? And let's yeah. show it on in Hot VWs. Oh, okay. So that's <laughs> here's that's, a here's a spoonful of free marketing. Right, right, and. Before that, it was it was people want you to install it, so you're putting them on on chassis and 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 then they leave and they build the car, right? And you know, sometimes you see them on the road, sometimes, sometimes you don't. You never right? see them again, yeah. Right, and uh, it, it was it, it was a, a level of satisfaction, you know, to see, um, hey, I developed something that I did not think I was going to be in business with, and and now it's it's here, and. Um, and and that's that's evolved quite a bit. I mean, your your first kits to what you do now. I mean, Absolutely. you're talking how many years have gone by? Almost twenty years. We're we're nineteen, eighteen years. That's seventeen years so far. So seventeen years in this game. Yep. I mean, probably air air ride specifically Volkswagen. I don't know who's been out there doing that this long. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I think you're the first guy to do it. And 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 here's I think the reason. The reason is because it's seen as a mini truck thing and you are blending two styles that people are resistant to change. And so anytime you do that, you're starting to get a lot of pushback because every, unless it's their idea, it sucks. You know what I mean? And now we're getting into the advent of the internet. You know, I remember vintage bus was the website to go to before I found the Samba, which at the time was called VW planet. And then, you know, they get the they get the ban and all the stuff starts going on for they have to change the name to the Zamba. And I'm on VW Planet posting picture or not VW Planet, but I'm on Vintage Bus posting pictures of my bus. And I'm scouring the internet like VW bus, trying to search it different ways, looking for stuff. And and now comes the change in culture. The change in like it's a lot of effort for someone to write you a letter and tell you that they don't like what you're doing. Now you go on the internet. And it's a few keystrokes away for someone to voice mm -hmm. to voice their opinion and tell you what they think about what you're doing without knowing any of the backstory. W without you know you, you know what I'm saying, and so and so then yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like you're thinking, hey man, people are gonna be stoked that I'm doing this, and you got people that are stoked, and then you got people that are like, they can't just move along and they don't like it. They just gotta get. I remember one, I had an experience like this when I was building the carbon cab and I went on and I was like, you know, my crew cab with the carbon fiber roof and all that stuff. Like when I'm on there, like, Hey, uh, I think the thread started said, buddy Hale's painting my, 
my crew cab. So this was after the Gia was done. I was like, look, I don't want another mega card. I want to build this, but I'm going to assemble. I had to earn my street cred because it was like, oh, must be nice to have a, a checkbook car and just write a check. Like, no, I was honest about my capabilities. And I saw Randy Gates split and said, I don't have that skill set. So I've got to leave it to the pros that know what they're doing. That's why Buddy did my car, the Type 34, because all I would do was a disservice to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so... All of a sudden, I'm posting online about my my thing, and some guy just starts popping off about what he feels about my crew cab. Now, when I research it, this guy's got pure garbage. Like, everything he owns is a piece of trash. <laughs> it's like I'm thinking to myself, like, like, I could see if it was like a dude that was building some mega legit stuff, and he was really strong in his opinions and whatever. But this guy's got no platform to stand on. He's over here blasting me about what I'm doing, and I know what I'm doing. I'm getting feedback from people, and they're loving it. Like... So you, so you get in the air cool thing and you're now shaking up the VW scene as much as people want to go, uh, you know, whatever, like people get mad. You get two, you get two people, you get the people that are pro and the people that are anti, not even the cons, but the anti's like, oh man, you know, whatever, everybody's got something to say. So you're not even ready for that when that comes. Cause you're used to like, Hey man, I built in the mini truck scene. I made gat gauge, uh, gauge covers and people loved them. They ate them up. They're like, Oh, that's awesome. Everything. All you get nothing but positive feedback. Well, then you tiptoe over to the VW, <laughs> VW friendly community. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. that's, and that becomes some culture that like, that's a surprise to you based on like the demand. People saw your pan and you're like, cool, man, I'll, I can contribute something to the VW scene. So walk me through that. Like you, you get your business going all of a sudden it's like, how, how are you digesting that? Like being the new guy on the block. I, I think we, we go back to that original thing where you kind of take your confidence in and your, your confidence, uh, confident business owner, you know, you kind of come in there and you have, I clever- built a business, bought it, sold it, like do it again. Watch right. you just sit there, shut up while I do this. Right. Yeah. You, you, you have that mentality. You know that you're going to, I don't know if the word successful, but you know, like you can get there pretty, um, smoothly. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have, yeah. you have the, uh, uh bullet points on where you got to go. Right. And I think once, um, I don't know if I want to put websites you know, like specific websites on there, but and, I, and you I, don't, you don't have to, but I think everybody, listen, anybody that's been in the game long enough knows and they can research it and find it out, but you'll get I, some people that'll start targeting you. Yeah. I think it was like, I went in there and I got blackballed like boom. Right. I can build this. Watch me build this. Right. And I'm like, Whoa, you know, I didn't come in here like, like telling you that I was, God's greatest creation. I just said, "Hey, check out this new air ride kit I developed." Well, what do you guys think, right? And like, no, no, like, like, I'm like going, wait, wait, wait. Is this the platform that you know you can showcase? And then I had to learn that it, it Volkswagen is a, a community that's embraced by sharing information rather than going in here saying. Hey, look at me! I'm the new Ron Popeil, right? You right, know, like right. this is this is my new parts that I'm creating because now you're salesman guy, right? right? And I didn't come in here thinking I was going to be salesman. I just came in here to say, does is is this worthy of being 
part of the community. Is there and, a market for this? Like, yeah, hey, what, what's your guys take? And sometimes you got to be careful. You know, you're like, hey, what do you guys think about this? And then you're going to get all kinds of unfiltered feedback. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if I was ready for that. Right. You know, like it's a hard pill to swallow, especially based on the early success you had in your first business. So you're already thinking like, Hey man, I've got the golden touch. I'm going to do this. This will be successful. These guys just don't know it yet, but they're going to love this. And I, and I'm, and you're and your purpose for doing is like, Hey, I wanted to do it for myself. I'm merging two styles together. Yep. And then there's a lot of the BMX skateboard beat this versus that type thing. Sure. 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 And, And I think, I think it comes down to either, you know, trying to not turn your eye or, or close that ear, but like figure a different way of of portraying the same message. Yeah, a different know, approach. I, yeah, yeah. And I decided that, um, you know, maybe doing it uh, only classified ads or only, you know, I, I think I did classified ads and I didn't post on certain websites. I just did classified ads, right? Right. And then I came in and, uh, some uh, clients were posting on there on how to do this. And then I, for a couple of years, decided to be, you know, Mr. Tech guy, you know, and help everybody with their builds and, and figure out if, if that's a different angle or if that's what. And, and it's interesting because you take that position thinking like, you know, I'll go on there, man. I've got some knowledge. This is what I do. I'll give someone some insight. And then someone comes in there like, who's this guy think he is giving this insight? I'm going to light him up. And it's like, it was funny because this is the age of the forum boards and all these things where it's like, I'm going to give you my two cents, whether you want it or not. And so it's like, it was memes before memes were popular, right? (laughs) Right. Like the Michael Jackson eat popcorn was just rolled right in there. And that's what people did. Right. Like crazy. Oh Um, yeah. But I think looking back, I think it, it almost um, hardened my shell. You know what I'm saying? It tempers Uh, you for without question. Absolutely. And, and, and I probably wouldn't be where I am if I didn't go through those trials and tribulations. Well, I'll tell you this. If it would have been too successful, you'd have been in and out of the business. But because you took punches to the face in the beginning, you're like, no, I'm going to see this through. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to see. And that's the and that's the part. How many how many other companies have you seen started a VW company and they all listen I just had Ron Fleming on here. Ron Fleming Fat Performance, one of the biggest, most successful engine building shops in Southern California for 30 years, right? Started in his garage. I mean, a lot of these businesses start with guys in their garage and getting things going, and then there's that that struggle. But back then, you had something nobody was doing, and people were coming, they'd seek you out. Now we've got got the advantage of commerce at our fingertips, but Uh you've also got the flame wars and the, and the, and, and the feedback and the, somebody feels like, like, man, you're stepping on my toes or like you weren't even selling suspension. Why are you tripping now? And then tomorrow they're selling suspension. And so, uh, you know, in VW suspension, it's, it's so funny. I talked to this about an earlier podcast with someone like the concept of a narrowed beam, such a simple concept. And it took them 30 years to figure it out. 30 years to figure it out because the styles change wider wheels in the front, those types of things. People wanted a little more grip, you know what I mean? And it's like crazy, but it's like, and so how many iterations of a narrowed beam have there been since the narrowing of the beam? Like 20. Totally get it. Totally get it. You know, and, and and I think that was out of necessity for air ride because if you laid it down, you're going to sit right on your tires. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And and one of those things that I, I don't know if I, it was a, uh, enabler enabler you know you've tried to figure out who was building beams you know like and if you scour the the uh 
the internet between 2004 and 2007, there was probably a good five or six guys yep. that built beams. Yep. And I tried them all, right? Like I tried them all. I'm like, here, you know, like I'm selling four air ride kits a day. I need four beams a day. Can you put this out? They're like, no, no, no. Like all of them. Like, and one guy said, yeah, I'll try it, you know, and 23 beams in later, you know, we're like, oh, dude, you're, you're. The quality's starting to go sideways. Like I could tell you were awake on the first four beams. After that, the welds are shorter. There's less penetration. It's like the quality starts to dip because people right. think this is easy. I'll just punch these out. And so like the demand is there, then it's called upon to deliver. And it's like, wait a second, I can't keep up with this. I mean, my brother George was building beams for a little bit and he's like, bro, he's like, and my brother's a hands-on dude. He's like, yeah, I like to build a beam. I do this. He's like, they they can't pay you enough to build one. Like, it's so much work to narrow and build and do a beam because my brother's like, he was like, it's got to be done right. Weld's got to penetrate. Stuff's got to last. I don't want my name on it if it's going to fall apart. And then my brother's like, man, you do all this work for people. You know, I think everybody has to go through that experience. You'll put all this time, effort, energy into something for thankless people. Like, ah, who cares? There's one for 50 bucks cheaper over here. And so... You got to kind of start figuring out, okay, who's my market and how do I get my message out? And my message is I'm building a better beam. So you try to team up with somebody because you're, you're, you're getting happy just selling your gauge faces, your, your, your engine labels and your air, air suspension that bolts to the existing VW chassis. And yet you need a better beam to fit the air suspension to. Cause I was cutting and welding them myself. You know what I'm saying? Like how many do you have to do this? Oh, you mean I got to strip the beam? I got to weld, I got to sleeve, I got to do new shock towers. I got to do all this kind of stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm gathering parts. I'm doing POs. I'm getting these airbags. I'm getting these shocks. I, I'm doing the business side of it. I don't have the time right now to build beams. And then right? that's going to stifle your business growth because you can't just sell, send an air suspension out and a guy just bolts it up because it's going to hit his tires. It's going to yep. hit his wheels. You're going to have some, and then it's going to create customer service issues. You know what I mean? And, right. so it's like, and the customer, remember, remember, customer's always right. right Doesn't matter right. if they bolted it up backwards, ran it down the street with no air in it. Does It does not matter. And Pretty when much. you've never been in business, when you've never been in business, you don't understand how frustrating that is because you know the anti-business is is this yelp business that's out there you know what i mean and it's like anybody can go in there and put you on blast and it's one side of a story mm-hmm. and they don't tell you that they didn't prepare the thing properly or set it up just right or do whatever all it is it's it must be the problem must be you and that's tough man it's, it's tough in a business because unfortunately you never you rarely get the accolades you always get the complaints mm-hmm. you know so so now you're trying to develop this system. And, and now this thing stifling your business is like, I can't get enough beams to support I, I, the business. I, I talked to a guy um, who's well-known and, and, and his, his blood, sweat, and tears is this beam market, right? And I went to him and I'm like, look, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to develop a beam from scratch, brand new. You know, I'll, put a, I'll do an open PO right now. Let's, let's do it together. And he likes to build one suspension for one car. Right. He doesn't like production work. And this is 2007 when this, this conversation happens. And I'm like, look, I'm, I, 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 it's a win. 
Right. But, like, or, hey, if you build beams, guess what? I just became your biggest customer. Right, right. Like, I, uh, whatever I sell is going to be more than you do in a year because I'm selling four a day, right? Like, That's it's crazy. Very, it, it, it was crazy. And to think that nobody had developed new ones, right? Like, CB hadn't even come out with a beam yet, right? Sure. And I'm like, okay, let's let's figure it out. You know, let's figure out how to to what's the best tubing to use? What's the the best bearing material to use? What like? Yeah, because oh. techno- technology's changed since nineteen since nineteen forty three when the beam was developed, and they yeah. had minor refinements in in sixty five, and then a couple of refinements later until VW finally said, you know what, we're done with the beam, we're going struts. Yep. 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 Yep, and 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 your life would have been a whole lot easier if everybody's building super beetles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Honestly, IRS yeah. ends and strut front ends, but it's like it's so funny because we're locked in this environment where this is what people work with. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody wants to rib on the guy in the super beetle and all that stuff, and he has the far superior vehicle, mm-hmm. better engine, better suspension, better everything than a forty three. But everybody's got this. You know, we want to, this, this, every, it's got to be new. It's got to be old. It's got to be cool. It's got to be antiquated. It's got to be like, boo, technology. But so the reality is you're trying to get this beam going. That's choking you. That's your choke point right there. You can't Mm -hmm. produce because the beams are holding you back. What's your next move? Subcontract. Okay. So you get, I'm going to get three guys to build beams for me so I can keep up. Well, I think it was a little bit. We didn't want to build, have somebody else build the beams, but we need to figure out how to supply, right? Like, who can supply us with two blazers in 2007? How many of them were out there? Right. Not many. Like, who's going to spend a million and a half for a two blazer? Sure. Right? It's, it's not something that people do. Fine. Oh, wow. The same guy I've been working with for my old business happens to have a two blazer. Hey, let's, let's, let's work this out. My brother's a machinist. Figure out, oh, well, now he can machine me these parts, right? You know, and you figure it out. Okay, we're going to start building a jig to build our parts from scratch, right? And yeah. little did I know that that is going to be the the aortic valve of my company today. Yeah. No, did not know it, but you had to jump off that diving board to figure it out that, okay, we can do it. And... We got it all done, and and it was in 2007. I think it was March or April when we started. When we had one, and we put it on a car, and we're like, "Holy crap, we finally did it!" Right? You know, now we can just bolt some air struts to it. We can do this because it wasn't about adjustable static. It wasn't about that it, right. at that time. No, air ride was it. I'm I'm literally four air ride kits, four beams, four sets of drop spindles every day until the market decided to take a poop right right? like i uh i don't i don't know how to say this any like it's crazy to be a one-man show yeah and and doing this much business it is crazy yeah like it i think later we looked at it as like fake money when everybody was mortgaging their houses and doing their sand rails and their motor and all this kind of stuff guys like i'm building two bugs why build one i got the money to build two Right, 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 right. And I was always savvy enough to think about where am I going to invest my time and money? And when that started happening, I said international is where it's at, you know, and 
I think in 2008, nine was 70% of my business was international. Really? Crazy. So you just switched from hot VWs to Volksworld and ultra VW and marketed in those markets. And I was doing commercials in Japan. Really? Like, I was doing uh, Dutch radio pod, like not pod, but you know, like sure. stuff on radio for Volkswagen shows. Wow. You know, like it, because that's where the, the economy was good. Yeah. Oh, you, you learn about if the economy is not good in the U.S. and, and you still want to have an uptick in business, you got to figure out how to keep your business going in the right direction. Find another market pool. Yeah. And uh, I've always been able to take a pivot here, take a pivot there and figure out where I needed to go for the, the growth of my company. Sure. And, uh, it's crazy. Uh, I really couldn't do it with anybody without anybody that, that, that believed in me in the beginning. And, you know, um, I don't know. Well, that's uh, the other thing, too. So you start a business in, in 2001. You ride through the boom and then you make it through the bust. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like with a, a, a niche product, like something like no one needs an, an air ride beam. Nobody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's these are all purely purchases of like. People that have discretionary income to build something cool. No one's needing an air ride beam to get to work, you know? So the juggling of that, keeping your business, I mean, there's something to say for that. Here you are, 2019, you guys are still in business and you guys, you, so, you, so you make it through going to international. Now walk me through, what year does the pro-built beam come out? It comes out 2010. It's when I opened up my retail space. Okay. So I've been doing everything out of my house. So until- you're doing, so still out of your house, you're shipping stuff international. You're getting one to 10 orders U.S. to international. Uh, this is, this is, it, it's kind of emotional to say this. 44 countries every month. Holy crap. Crazy, dude. Yeah. But it, it, it's a cult. It's, it's, <laughs> I'd say it's cult like, right? Like, yeah. There's this, this Volkswagen touches so many countries. Oh, yeah. That, like, you get a new one, like, I know everybody in Guam, like it's not a country, but you know, just right, like, right. whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah, right. Territory. I know everybody that has a Volkswagen in Guam, right? Like, and they all buy from me all the time, right? You know? And no, but it's nuts. But it's, well, I, look, I started this podcast in January. It's been downloaded in over 30 countries, like the, Bangladesh, the Philippines, um, I mean, the, you know, uh, the United Arab Emirates, like all these places are downloading the podcast and I really haven't done a ton of marketing, um, as much as I could or should have yet, because my goal was like, let me give them some content first so that they can see. And it's like, I've been in the game long enough out here where you and I have crossed paths. I know tons of people where it's like, Hey, it's a phone call conversation. It's like, Hey man, let's do a podcast. Let's sit down and talk about your story because the thread that binds us all together is the desire, the passion and the love of the hobby, you know, and you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have eaten all the crap sandwiches you had to eat if you didn't love the hobby. You know, you're not doing this for a buck because there's a whole lot easier ways for you to make money than to have to go through what you had to go through in this sure. business. Sure. You know? I, I, I think, uh, um, we kind of touched this point, like, uh, I think off like in, in intermission we had, you know, like in 2008, you know, going through this kind of where everybody's kind of down, you know, right. like the phone yep. calls aren't as happy as normal. Right. Sure. Um, I had like an intervention with like 
11 of my friends at one time, man. And they're like, look, dude, you have to, you, you can't treat people the way you're treating like this, this, it, it is an arrogance or a cockiness because you fear you're feeling successful with this many or this much business under in your house. Right. Like, like sure. crazy, you yeah. know, like 44 countries out of your garage. Right. I'm doing it again. Right. Here it goes. You know, and the turn happens and they said, look, every single one of your, you know, phone calls, your emails, your text messages, those are all gold, man. You got to treat them the same. They're, they're all like calling you because uh, of one reason or another. And you, you got to look at it as a, a gift and it changed my life. You know, like literally, like it was one of those moments that my friends had to like sit me down and, and look at it. And it changed it to the point where, you know, now I have people showing up at my house. I don't know how they get my address, but they show up at my house and they're ready to buy stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Right. <laughs> Can't do this. You know, I, I was married at the time. Um, and I discussed it with the wife. And I said, look, I'm, I'm going to open up a space and. I'm going to have a showroom, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to step up to the bat. And, and that's and, a big stake to eat. Cause that's going to add a, that's a, that's essentially another mortgage. Payroll is another mortgage. It's like, I'm going to take my business now that feeds me and my family. And I'm going to add three theoretic mortgages and cost by mm -hmm. doing this because I'm going to go legit, like quote unquote legit. I've got to, I want to get a shop. I'm good. And then by you making that decision, now your butt's on the line. Mm-hmm. You're signing a lease for 24 months minimum, minimum. You know what I mean? You're now you got to build out the space. That's money out of pocket. It's all money out of pocket. And then you're thinking, I, I want this place to look right. It can't look shabby. And this is not going to like your average Volkswagen repair shop. You like you walk in grease on the door, a calendar from 1965. Like the whole place is just a wreck. You know what I mean? And based on your shop, you know, I know that's what you had to do. <laughs> like you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it right. So, you know, it, it was like my dad was right here on my shoulder going, you know, son, this cannot smell like 98. Right. You walk in the shop, right. You got to make sure that this is clean, you know, and the, the, the comment never gets old when people walk into my shop, they're like, this is not like a Volkswagen shop. Like you don't smell anything. The floors are clean. Yeah. You know, there's not cobwebs on the wall. Yeah. You know, like that resonates with me and I kind of think back and I'm like, thanks dad. You know, yeah. like uh, I'll, I'll call him later. I'll let him know. Thanks dad. You know, later. Right. Yeah. But, um, it, it matters, you know, you, you, you open up that space and it has to be, um, it has to resonate with your, your clients or your future clients that you care. This is the product you're going to get. It's, it's going to matter. Yeah, you know, it shows. It shows. I mean, there, there's two types of people I think in this business. Like you think, I remember I was talking to a paint guy one time. And I just said, dude, I don't care, bro. I just want it perfect. And he goes, whoa, whoa, man, whoa. There's no such thing as perfect. And my thought was like, this dude's an artist, and he can probably see every, because he's a paint body guy, he'll see every flaw in everything. And so maybe he thinks I got the same eye he does. And I said, no, I get it. I get it. Because I'm thinking like he's discerning it to a different level of perfection than I am. And I'm talking like, look, bro, you've already warned me it's going to cost me a lot. Okay, I get it. My expectation is like getting the business. And then when I got it, I realized like he was honest about like he doesn't do perfect. 
Right. Like he, like he would like, uh, I should have listened. The price, the money it paid me was like what perfect should cost. The money I paid him, the results I got were like, meh. I, I could have rolled out one of my Caterpillar welds and started, I could have been his backup dude. And it's like, I'm not a painter. That's why I didn't paint it myself. But based on what I got here, based on the money savings, I probably could have saved myself, you know, 10, 15 grand and just did it myself and got the same result. So, uh, but you know, you, you go into some of these people's shops and they're like super eccentric people and people go there cause he's the only guy that can do this. So people will deal with that. But in your end, in the retail space, what you're doing, you're providing, you're delivering a, a, a product that you're touting as it's a, it's a number one product and people are going to want to see like it shows in everything that you do. It shows in the place you have and you know, the, the establishment you put together. I, I think the, the comment that never gets old is I'm debating on whether to put it on my car or leave it on the coffee table to look at. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's absolutely. A pretty amazing comment. Listen, you know? I had, I had an exhaust made for my type 34 gear. And when, when I was building the type 34 gear, we went past a point cost wise where it was like the cost was not a conversation because I'm already so deep. I can't do anything halfway now. I got an exhaust system from a guy um, back east, and I was having a Raby build the motor. And he's like, "You need to buy your 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 exhaust." This is shot out for Tangerine Racing back east. He's like, "Tangerine Racing is where you got to get it." This guy's exhausts are so beautiful; people hang them on the wall. I'm like, yeah, right, whatever, who cares? Now this guy did not have my car. This guy built an exhaust system with a can that came out in the factory location, stainless steel, all TIG, TIG welded four into two, two into one into a can and come out of the factory location dead on, dead on stainless steel. Now muffler for a Volkswagen cost three, 400 bucks, three, 400 bucks motor, the exhaust, the, the, the muffler and exhaust header for my bull run bus back in 2008. When everyone told me I was crazy paying 8,000 bucks for a turnkey Raby type four, 2300, right? You're crazy, Bill. Well, I bought the muffler out of Onendorp in Germany. I bought the Type 4 header with the can. That cost me 700 bucks. This exhaust was $2,800. 20, but you, you got to remember, I'm building a car now that there's no, there's no excuses now. I can't do it, so I've got to find the guy that's going to do it. And there will be no one that will duplicate that exhaust. Like that, the guy that's got that car now, there's nobody. He was, he's not pulling up a show and someone's got the same anything. You know, and so sometimes, uh, you know, there's there's something to be said for that where, where the where the work, the workmanship is so nice that people say, man, it looks so good. I don't even want to bolt it on the car. You know, like do mm-hmm. do this piece of this part a disservice. You know, and th- and that's what you strive for is finding something that people buy, and sure. uh, and and they have that debate because obviously if they buy two and one goes on the coffee table and one goes in the car, I'm good with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, but you got to remember you're in a market space and that market space, the, what, what's a beam going to cost? You can buy a beam for as little as 250 bucks, 150 bucks for a stripped down beam. You know what I mean? And you're getting a premium for your beam and you're like, you know what? Let me deliver the whole package to somebody. Let me deliver it. Spindle to spindle to, you know, whatever. And look, uh, you know, I'll be the first to tell you, you know, when, when you look at something like that, the first thing as a consumer, you look at the first thing everybody goes to is the price because Amazon has changed how we all do business. The microwave is a, has changed all of our perceptions. Like we want it microwave, we want it Amazon priced, and we want it microwave. And you can't, and sure. you can't have that kind of stuff. So, so in your market space, 
you're also now pushing a product that's on the higher price tier. So your yeah. goal is you've got to sell it. You've got to tell them why it, why it costs more and, and, and what's better about it. So let's get back to our history. So our history yep. now, we're 2006, 2000, or 2008. The economy yep. crashed. Your friends get with you. You have this epiphany like, look, man, I got I to gotta respect all my customers. Like I can't ignore the guy from Nebraska who bought one beam when the guys in Guam are buying 12. You know what I mean? Like, and so you got to start putting some things in place. The economy's dipped down and you come out in 2010 with when the pro- retail, when, t- when t- retail space was cheap, right? Retail right? space is cheap. Yeah. So you're right. like, if now, if there's a time I got to do it, I'm going to do it because your business is growing and you're, and so you decide to jump in that retail space. Now you come out with the pro built, the pro built beam. Now, what was the, what, what was, cause you already had your beams handled. So mm-hmm. why did you decide to go pro built beam? Everybody wanted something assembled and I didn't have the infrastructure to make control arms or make every spindle option sure. or make pitman arms or steering boxes or any of that. Right. You have to think about the infrastructure. How do I attain these things? Sure. Right. And so what I, what I figured is that I have to have some kind of core program and figure out how to do it, you know, through crowdsourcing. Sure. Right. Oh, figure out, Oh, I need arms. I need spindles. I need carriers. Right. And, uh, I found that everybody called and said, I, I really just wanted assembled because I don't have the time to assemble it myself, yeah. which later in 2016, 17, that's like my, the whole reason why it kind of blew up is, you know, we don't have time like we had when we we're kids, right? We have families, we have jobs we have wives that and, it says and, it on and, your voicemail right the air cool team spending time with their family this is after hours right and right. sometimes i think we've all been there well we've all seen that vw guy that's so committed to his business his family wanes everything wanes to the side of the business because he's committed to his name and preserving his name and his business Correct. you know Correct. what i mean yeah yeah and and that's that's it, it, it's so crazy uh, to think about that, that you now, I, I don't want to get too far forward, but you know, 2010 pro bill beams going, you have these cores coming in, you can now assemble things. Let's put it on the market. I think they started at 1800 bucks yeah. for assembled beam. And that's, you know, me like taking all the texture out of arms, you know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, you know, so you're smoothing the the casting on the arms. Everything. It, it was it was literally. Um, there was no like it didn't look old, right? You're, like, you're doing it because you think like, well, if I was going to pay this kind of money, I want the arms to look like different arms. So I'm going to spend the extra six hours it takes to smooth just because that right. can't that can't be easy. And they don't make a tumbler for that. You know what I mean? No, no, no. And later did I. Uh, change my 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 wording and saying that you will see some history and that's kind of like the embracing yeah of of a new generation of life in these arms right so um yeah i i, I after starting up and, and and selling these still four four beams a day five beams a day kind of thing and just not that it matters but 2018 we sold 18,000 of them total Eight. Hold on, eighteen thousand beams. In in my lifetime, eighteen thousand beams have been sold and built in house. 
crazy so, numbers from start from from when you in the business incepted in 2000 or in in, in 90 no to brand new new construction 2007 to now in 12 and a half years i've done 18,000 beams 12 and a half years 18,000 beams that's a yeah. that's a lot of beams man that's crazy people don't know it because like uh, no one can no one's thinking like they're like i don't know five people with his beams like how, where's he getting all these beams at and they don't know that you're worldwide that, international crazy when you know when i i went uh in 2014 i went to the to the uh uh european bugging with a buddy of mine and i happened to be and he was like the kingpin supplier my buddy chris cox and he passed away rest in peace big chris and uh chris was like if you wanted trailing arms chris could get you a container of trailing arms you know mm -hmm. what i mean like he was the guy that resourced everything and i'm in the van we're going to lunch and it's like the guy from csp the guy from flat four and this is in 2014. I'm like, and, and I'm thinking from Las Vegas, Bill Brain. You know, my business is construction. That's my day job. And, you know, I'm not, my fingers on the pulse of Volkswagens. I'm only seeing what I see on the internet, what I get in the magazine, right? So I say to these guys, like, so how's the VW scene, man? Is it, is it, is it taping back a little bit? Is it kind of coming down? He's like, no, it's 20% growth every year. I'm like, what? Yeah, 20% growth every year. I'm like, are you kidding me? They're like, yeah. And you're talking, the guy from CSP's in there. CSP doesn't sell cheap stuff. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, and these guys are saying market share is increasing every year because our generation of people are buying the cars that were cool when they were kids. So everybody's restoring all these cars and building custom cars and doing all this stuff. And it's, it, I mean, there's a market out there. So I was, I was surprised seeing what I was seeing because sometimes we're, we're stuck in this VW bubble, right? The Southwest, the Southern California scene, the this, and it's like, What's happening in this little niche of the market is all that's happening. And the reality is that's not where it's happening. Like, you know, and you sit back and people are like, oh, air cooled. Is that guy still around? You're like, yeah, just selling more beams, <laughs> selling more beams every year because you see the fad of going where it's going. And it's like because you've opened up your your business footprint to being international it's not so critical that the dudes in SoCal have to think you're cool. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? And so part of that, with part of that comes a little bit of stability saying like, hey, man, I've, you know, I've got my niche. I'm doing my thing. And at some point you get this affirmation that you're doing something right because in spite of everybody thinks the VW world is the Samba. Now, the Samba is a good, a good cross section. It, it's the, the, the spot that brings everybody together, but it's not the end all be all. Mm -hmm. It's a good platform to get some of your information out. And, uh, but really the their, their world is so much bigger than Absolutely. what's on there because and what's funny is i just noticed so recently so now i'm doing the podcast right so i love the podcast huge passion of mine and i'm thinking okay i need to get this out i need to get it on some forum boards and do this and do that and it's funny because in 2018 the forum boards are dying like i just ended up getting a new car and I, i'm a man of many different cars right so i just ended up getting and when i say new cars of 2006 i got from my father-in-law but I go on a forum board for like these cars and the last post is like, this is the number one forum board. Cause I searched, you know, this brand car forum. Cause that's what you do, right? That's what we do. That's our generation. And I go on the, the, like, these things are six months old, a year old, like all this stuff. Then I go on Facebook. So now these guys just start groups on Facebook and then it's like, they're that much faster, that much quicker, that much more content, that much more because there has, there's no admin. There's no, I mean, like there used to be with the forum boards, like there had to be an admin and a controller and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, it's so crazy that even the technology that was like the baseline of what we knew, like the Samba was it. It's like, 
the forum boards theoretically are dying a little bit. I'm like dying compared to Facebook and Instagram because now it's all moved to Facebook and Instagram. And you haven't even mentioned YouTube. Oh, yeah. YouTube's a completely different market. It's like, yeah, and you're trying to wrap your mind around like, mm. I mean, there's so many different platforms because, and it's crazy because what people have access to in different regions of the world. Mm-hmm. Some places they'll have access to YouTube. The Instagram is like the easiest thing, but the crazy part from a business standpoint, it's near impossible to quantify. How do you quantify? I see some people that have 150,000 followers. They're in our industry. And I'm like, let me just, because I'm trying myself, because I'm looking at it from a business standpoint. Like, okay, how do you quantify 150,000 followers? And then I go over and they have 110 likes. And I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. Like to me, I'm thinking like that. And it's such a new territory. It's like, how do you, how do you get into that industry while not losing all your money marketing down a hole that doesn't produce any results for you? And then how do you, I mean, it, it's so crazy because in our lifetime, in our, in the last 20 years, we've seen shops that are built off of videos. I can think of one shop in particular that, there was a guy there for a short time in their beginning. This is a shop in the middle of nowhere. In their beginning, there was a guy that built some really cool videos with some cool music and some stuff. And that lit the fuse to get that shop going off the ground. Like, it made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. A huge difference. And it was like, here these guys come out of nowhere. And it's some piece of digital marketing that could have been partly smoke and mirrors or just selling cool. Like, you're selling a lifestyle. Yep. And it's so funny trying to... You know, marketing so different from going to the Pomona swap meet where you go in Pomona. I mean, because I do a swap meet and I do a swap meet in Las Vegas with 1.2 million people. They do a swap meet in Southern California. It's been going for 30 years. And I just did it. I, I started it. It was a whole fluke. I started this thing with a partner of mine. And it's like we get 2,000 people on a Saturday, one day event. Pomona, 30,000 people. We get 250 vendors. Pomona, 3,000 vendors. Now, that's that's also I'm sure those stats from Pomona are from like the peak because the internet's also changed Pomona. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember going to Pomona and like when I was first on like VW guys always end up with extra VWs. I'm going there to sell parts and I'm in the overflow up by the front gate on arrow. And I'm like, there's no VW guys up here. And then last time I was last time I was at Pomona, probably six, seven years ago. And I was like, <laughs> I was like an Island, like by myself in the VW section, there's like 10 guys there in a spot where there used to be, you know, 400 people selling. Stuff. Who wants to work and set up a booth when you can put it on Facebook groups or, uh, or gone. let it go or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It, but it's crazy how technology and right now where we are, this is like the technology renaissance, right? So it's like every two years, something new comes out where it's a new platform and it may hit or miss. We're looking at it thinking like, nah, it's not going to do anything. And then boom, like, cause Instagram for the longest time, nobody was like, all right, you can't sell anything on Instagram. It's just like a, it's like a little digital magazine in your pocket. You want to look at pictures of bugs, type in bugs, hit search, and then like go for it. You know what I mean? And then you're like, all of a sudden the sponsor ads start coming up and you're thinking like, okay, I got V I got to calculate. I got to turn clicks into likes, likes into views views into purchases like how do i quantify that you know what i mean so it's a never-ending landscape of 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 change that we're hitting in this in in social media marketing stuff like that and so with you i saw you have you've got some youtube videos and stuff like that and what i really i gotta tell you 
And I li- listen, I want everybody to know because everybody's like, oh, man, Bill's on, uh, Bill's all over Pete's chocolate. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. I have to give you props because I'm a business owner. Business owner to business owner, you've been able to push through a difficult market, a super temperamental market. I mean, in my business, in the business I'm in, I just switch. I go from residential to commercial to hotel to whatever I want to do. If I'm, if I'm tired of that market segment, they all need what I have because what I have is pretty generic, right? What I'm, what I'm selling. But you, you're selling a niche deal and you had to push uphill to get it going. You had to take a bunch of challenges in the beginning of resistance of people not wanting you in the market space because no other reason than what you were doing was taboo. It was mini truck stuff on Volkswagens and we don't like that around here, but you're lucky enough to be able to connect to those people. It's like my, and I can only equate it. And I think maybe the reason I appreciate it is like, and I always bring this up, but you know what guys in podcast land is my podcast, my bus. When my bus came out, 17 inch twists on it looks totally different. Every, there was not another bus in the lineup at the classic that had, Bigger than 15 inch out of the box, empty wheels. Thank you know what I mean? Dialing. <laughs> and people were just like, and it's so funny because when people saw my bus, it was a love it or hate it. You know what I mean? And it's funny. I, I, I had it out at that show in Huntington Beach recently. And it was like, I brought it out because my carbon cab, the motor's out of it. And, uh, you know, you sometimes feel this pressure. Like, oh, I got to have a new car. I got to have a new car. I got to have a new car. But I really don't need to. Like, the Bull Run bus is tried and true. I took it out there because it was a show on the on the pier. And I mean, like, these people, and they're not VW people. They're regular people. And they're all over it. They're like, this thing's so cool. And I'm like, this thing's been done for 18 years. Like, this thing's been, like, there's miles on this bus. And there's stories. And But it's like, we get, in our small microcosm of the VW world, it's like, there's this under tone of like this is what's cool and what's cool is coming out of socal and if you don't like what's coming out of socal then it's not cool but the whole socal scene is so small it's so small compared to the global vw scene you know what i mean so you know for you to be able to push through and break through and do something different you're gonna get people love it you're gonna get people that hate it and you've pushed through all that stuff you're still around against all the naysayers you're still here so I got to give you respect for that as a business owner, as a businessman. You know, I got to give you props for that. I mean, look, it's not an easy road. It's not an easy road, especially when you're trying to, when you, <laughs> the frustration is bad enough when you're going out of your way to do something. It's even worse when you're going out of your way to do something to improve something that you think needs improving. And really, you're engineering new technology and antiquated technology that people would appreciate. And you think that, you know man, people are going to love this. Then you get that kind of pushback on it. But I mean, listen, you've persevered through that stuff. You've done the pro built beam. You've stuck to what you've wanted to do when other people that were theoretically competitors to you in your early days have come and gone. They're in, they're out, and they went back to their day job. So I think it's just safe to say at this point, this deep into it, this is kind of your day job. It is. <laughs> it's what you it do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And even still, when it was in your garage, it was your day job. It was mm-hmm. what you did. So... Um, so let's talk about with that. So you still got the 59 rag top? No, no. Uh, 58 rag. The 58 uh, rag. The white yeah. one. The pearl white car. Yeah, no. That um, I sold it in 2014, 13. I sold it to a guy in South Dakota. Yeah. He had it for a year. He bought it for his kid for graduation. Oh, good grief. 
A year later, his son said, no, I can't drive this to school. There was too many people around it. You know, it was crazy. Right. Like, you know, anybody don't want to buy it. And I'm like, I'll buy it, but I'm only going to offer you this. And he says, come and get it. So I got it back for a third of what I sold it to him for. Right. A year later, changed it up. I got it back and I did a whole gold, you know, gold anodized brakes, gold 18s, you know, like the gold yep. anodized wheels and uh, did some updates and uh, um, sold it again for the same amount I sold it to the first time. And uh, after putting tons and tons of money and all kinds of stuff into it. Sure, but I bought it at a third of the price. Sure. It didn't really matter. Hey. You know? So, um, and he said he wanted to, to do a color change on it, and it's in his enclosed trailer in Salt Lake City right now, completely apart. Wow. And I asked him if he wants to buy it. Or if, if, or I want to, if, 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 if I can you, buy it back. You're like, hey, I might want to buy that back now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's thinking about it. So we'll <laughs> see what happens. Like, this is the greatest vehicle ever. You know, right. You can well, invest all this money, but it is the uh, it is the car that had the chassis in Pomona. I kind of had to sell it because of divorce reasons, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's your car. Well, what's funny is, you know, the red car here in Vegas. Yeah. Lester's car. Yeah, my buddy. So Lester, here's here's how crazy the VW scene is. Lester literally lived two blocks away from me. Mm-hmm. Never saw his bug. Lester and I met on a job site. He's in construction. Yeah. We met yep. on the job. We met on a job site. He's like, oh, bro, I got a bug too. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean you got a bug? He's like, yeah, bro, I got this totally bitching bug, and I did all this work, and blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, shows me pictures. I'm like. Dude, that's the air cold bugs. One of the air cold because it was a really. I mean, he had just tons and tons of stuff on your bug. Exact same car, but red. Yeah, same thing happened. He got a divorce. Car went for like ten grand. Gone. Do you know the backstory of this car? I don't know the. I don't know one hundred percent the. I know from when Lester and I were buddies, and then we found out we were neighbors, and then I helped him with the remodel. Shortly thereafter, he got a divorce, and the car got caught up in the divorce. And so I don't know whatever happened to the car. I can tell you. Yeah, is it still it's, a, it's it's a, an awesome story. Oh, so tell me the story of the car, man. Right. So this is the cra- so divorce and cars and all that stuff usually gets kind of squirrely. And I and I tried to buy it. I said, look, tell her I'll pay for it. You just to save the car from going to somebody who won't appreciate it. There's some shady stuff that happens on her side, but we won't get into that. Right, right. But. Um, I called up Randy at Old Bug because he had it for sale yes. like two and a half years ago. Yep. It's super weird that the next day after I called him, it showed up on the Samba. Really? Okay. In Palm Desert. And I said, I'm buying the car. Take it off the Samba. And I went down there. Dude, time capsule. 2005. Yeah. The speedometer showed like 800 miles on it mm-hmm. since it was done in 2005, 2006, right? Yeah. I go down there. I pick it up. I bought it for 15 grand for this car. And it's been in a, it's been in the garage. This guy owns a restaurant. It was in a garage for three and a half years. And just he just washed it the night before. Like nothing, never, never drove it, never did nothing. anything. Drove it home from Huntington Beach in an auto salon. Drove it from Huntington Beach to 
uh, Palm Desert and parked it and drove it like once or twice. That's like it. that's it. Wow. And I bought it. Uh, I bought it. And side story. Um, I, I remember a conversation with Lester where he was having it kind of rough, you know. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. He and, had a, he had a rough time after that. And he kind of went off the grid, right? Like yep. never to really be yep. talked. And uh, I got this car in my possession. If you check out my Instagram, you know, like you're going to see it like some me loading it up. Right. And I get home and I I, I got, I got a, a, a woman that makes me smile every day in my life right now. And I told her, I said, I think I'm going to call Lester. And I'm like, I, I just need to find his number. And what was crazy was this guy never registered the car, had yeah. the pink slip with Lester's like name on it. Really? He had a friend in the private investigator thing, found numbers with this number on it. And I text him and he said, yeah, this is Les. I'm like, shut up. So I, I, uh, I text him. I'm like, Les is Pete for Pete Skiba. He's like, Skiba, you know, like, <laughs> right. like immediately lit up. I'm like, I don't know how to say this, but I have your 67 bug in my shop right now. Yeah. Cause you don't know how it's going to go down. You don't know if right. he's going to be like, you're a jerk, bro. You ripped my heart out. Like, like you don't know how it's going to go down. Oh no, you don't know. Like, and this is the, the, the conversation I had with her, like figuring out like how, how do I have this conversation? Right. And I'm like, it's like, Hey bro, I married your ex-wife. <laughs> right. right. No, no, not like a, no, but you, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's a weird thing to approach because it, it's at a crazy time in his life. All the stuff goes down. You don't know. Cause things can get so bad person for people. You're like, I don't care. Burn it all to the ground. I don't care. Yep. And yep. let me tell you right now, I know less, less. I don't know you personally, but from talking to you here, like, I don't know you on a, on a, like me and you haven't hung out long periods of time. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with less on job sites, less is as anal and meticulous as you are, if not the same, you know what I mean? Like, like he's a nut dude. He's a nut. So I knew this car like was just over the top, super clean. Like, like he just would obsess over little things. And so now you call less and you're like, bro, it's Pete. Right. I, I went back to the same little, bro, <laughs> it's Pete, <laughs> right. You know, like came back to him. I'm, I'm like, I have your car and, and, and I'm like, Send him some pictures. He's like, whoa. And I'm like, look, I don't know how to say this, but I'd like to, you know, get you reunited with your car. Right. And he's like, shut up. And I'm like, yeah, like I bought this because I looked at it as an investment for me. Sure. And then when I found out that it's never been registered in the other guy's name, I'm like, dude, you know, it was so bad that the whole divorce thing. Right. Like this could totally tilt him in the super positive from this point forward. Right. Sure. And he came down next week, picked it up. He's it's in his garage. He's driving it every weekend. Like he's lit up, man. Yeah. He's like, he was, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I was, I've been through a divorce, so I understand what down is. Right. Yeah, it's hard. Like his, he was castrated, man. Like he yeah. was like in the dumps. He was like, blindsided. The, he was blindsided. So for him to get his car back and for him to see like this almost 
super vulnerable state, you know, like, holy crap, my, my hard work and, and it's, it's back in the hands. Well, yeah. it's back, you know, yeah, yeah, happened, it's back. Right? so, um, and I didn't make a dime, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't try to overcharge. Dude, you know whatever. what that's worth though, to do to be able to do that for somebody. Oh, I, I, I'm reaping the rewards now, you know, on, 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 not, not on the good karma, spread. the good karma. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe in it. I believe in it. Yeah. So, um, we talk probably every other week, you know, he's That's wrenching so this and he's, and he, he is actually going to debut it back into the scene, uh, at Prado. This oh, year. really? Nice. And, uh, he's like, dude, like, let's, let's bring it back full circle. Let's, let's, let's do it again. And I'm like, man, I'm game, man. Let's yeah. do it. No, right. that's a, but it, it, what's what's even crazier is how small this world is, the VW world. Like for for Lester to be my neighbor for years, bro, years. I'm down the street. I've got all my cars that are that are being built, parked here at my garage. We are literally you pull out of my cul-de-sac. You go right. You go down a thousand feet. You turn right in the cul-de-sac, and that's where he lived. Mm-hmm. And it was like I never saw the bug because his garage faces the other way. I never saw that stuff. And then we met through a work connection, and then I'm like. Bro, like once we knew we were like VW brothers, it was a different, like a different level of like, you know, connection. So yeah, it's crazy, man, how small this world is. And and it's awesome to hear stories like that because, you know, what crushed me, like I looked at the car, they had no kids together. I looked at the car like it was one of their kids. I'm like, bro, she can't take his car. She can't, you know what I mean? That's the hardest thing, especially when, cause like, it's what meant something to him. And sometimes emotions get so high. It's like, this means something to you. I'm taking this, you know what I mean? Or whatever the case is. And outside influences. Yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Figure out what, what, what means the most and yeah. cut it off. Yeah. Right? So that's a great story, man. That's awesome. So, so this year at Prado, so we got a little, little heads up out of the bag here. So Prado, there'll be uh, Les's car be back out there on full display. Yep. And yep. Uh, with, with a new, uh, new, uh, suspension setup, you know, so oh, yeah, we, got up, the, we so updated This it. is Lester 2.0 we're going to be yes, seeing out here. Yes, yes. So it's going to be a little nostalgic uh, reunion, and um, I can't now wait to you're, be a part now, of it. So now you're annoying me because now I'm going to have to go to Prado, and I wasn't wanting to go to Prado. Like, I know. I heard that on the last podcast. I'm going the week really before. Well, listen, I, look, I'm kind of – it's, it's kind of maybe even like my silent protest because my, my – like I don't mind the Prado thing. But it's like, it's a little hot. It's in the grass. It's in, like, I could be hot in the grass here in Vegas. I like, I like, you know, being from Las Vegas, I loved, like, being close to the beach, the host hotel where the classic was, hitting all the open houses, hitting all the shops for the open houses, doing that whole thing. And now that they've stretched out for two weeks, it's a tough deal because unless you're taking two weekends off in a row and going, which now I may have to do, bro. Now I'm, you know what I mean? That's why you're annoying me because now you might have just screwed up my next weekend, <laughs> dude. Because it's like, I don't want to go out there, but it's worth running out there. And you know, they got this 80s throwback thing going on at Prado. So we'll see how cool that is because I told somebody a long time ago, I've got a, a wink mirror sitting on the wall in my garage. And somebody's like, you want this piece of crap? I'm like, bro, that's coming back, dude. I've been snatching up all the Rossies. Everybody makes fun of me because all my buses got Rossies on them because I'm like, they're cleaner. They're more streamlined. They look cool. Rossies are lame, bro. I'm like, that's your deal. You you don't like Rossies. That's great. I'll take the Rossies all I can get. I'm not, I'm not into a vintage glass over headlight look. And, right. But, I mean, it's it it's cool that, the, that, that that whole scene and that vibe's coming back because what's funny is – us as guys being in this, it, it's like hot rodder guys that went back to their hot rodder roots. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because usually what happens is the guys get out of cars for a long time and then they come back and recreate something they had back in the 50s or 60s. But it's like a lot of us guys, we go through that same cycle like you heard with Ron, with Ron Fleming. Like just gets the business, gets it going, has some kids, gets out of Volkswagens, just does it for a business. And then it takes that time where it's got to come over to where he's getting back into the passion of the hobby again. You know what I mean? And that, And really at the end of the day, man, that's what this hobby's about. It's about our passion. It's about our, our, our desire to create. Now, some of us create by designing and building a car and having someone else build it. And I got nothing against those people. And some of us, you know, I mean, like, look, I tried my last time. Like, after the gear was built, I'm like, bro, I'm doing it myself. I got street cred. All of a sudden, I got to prove some street cred, right? So I get the parts piece, everything. It literally sits in my... Now, meanwhile, through that time, things became fortunate for me through other things and other business ventures and stuff. And so I have a garage that people would kill for. I got a 1,200-foot detached garage, 14-foot ceilings and all the stuff. Well, the problem with a big garage... You start filling it with crap because you're like the cat lady taking everything home. Like, oh, this one needs a home or whatever. So I bring my carbon cab back here. I'm like, I'm going to paint it. I told Buddy, just do the paint work. I'm going to take it to Earl shop. He's like, bro, I can paint it for cheap. I'll do you a bro deal. Since we built the gear, I send it to him. He does the paint body work on it. I get it back here. It sits in my garage for a year because I, I got to go in my garage and the few minutes I have between work and kids and running kids everywhere doing whatever and like I shuffle stuff out and then I work on it for 10 minutes I'm missing three pieces so I put everything back in the garage and I make a list somewhere and so I finally had to cry uncle I was like George I just need this so I took to my brother's shop at the wagon I'm like bro I just need you guys to finish this car like I did the interior myself and then I was like here just take this car I need everything put on it I've got all the parts and pieces just needs to get assembled and now here's the funny part I'm getting back in that cycle again because I've got my split window. My split window has been under, I want to say under wraps, but you know, listen, my split window project started in 2010. I might get it back this year. When I get it back this year, the car's rolling back into my garage. It has brand new 17 17 inch IOZO Fuchs that came out when they were brand new. Right? (laughs) Brand new. (laughs) I have, I I did a Mendiola A-arm chassis underneath it. It's got a Berg five speed. And it's got a 2650 Type 4 with 48s on it. Other than that, it's going to come back in my garage. It's going to get wired. There's going to be a lot of haters because it's a 51 split. And I shave the dash. It's going to have a touch. It's going to have a touchscreen dash. It's all going to be Wi-Fi. And you know what I mean? But it's going to be, you know, listen, look, let them hate. I'm ready for it. You know what I mean? But I'm building the car for me. I'm not building it for anybody else. I'm not building it for anybody's approval. I'm building it for me, but I'm, I'm excited to get the car back, but I'm back in the same thing. Like if I were smart, I'd get somebody to do the wiring. But kind of with the last build last time, things got a little bit long in the tooth, and it was like I used to do car audio. I can wire stuff. Now, look, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a not a patient dude, and I like to get things done. And so I said, no, nope, I'll pay someone to do it because they're going to have more patience. And there's nothing more frustrating when I look at something and it's not my day job, and I could have done the same job. You know what I mean? And then I paid a bunch of money because that's like the insult injury. So we'll see. I'm getting that car back. I haven't learned my lesson last time because when I finished the gas, I was like, I'm never building another car again. Then the carbon cab comes out. Then after the carbon cab, the split window was on deck to get done, and that got a little bit kind of – it disappeared for a little bit, but the split window is now painted. It's on the chassis. It's the motor's built, Berg 5-speed, all that stuff. So – I'm looking, so that car will be, you'll know it when you see it. You'll know it's one of my cars. All my cars, they just, 
they say most people don't like it. <laughs> no, I can't right. say that. Some people that like it, like if you like flush fit wheels and, a, and, and like everything's just stuffed in there and you like that look instead of like front wheels that are sitting 12 inches inside the outer fender lips. I like a full fender lip. I like a, you know, I have a different style than some people. You know what I mean? So, you know, and that's the beauty of our hobby, man. That at the end of the day, like everybody should be, everybody should give props to people that are putting in the sweat equity, doing the hard work, because that's what it comes down to, man. Like people are doing what it takes to stay in the game. You've done what it takes to stay in the game. I commend you for that. You know what I mean? Uh, I've, after perusing your website, I've got a, a, a lot more respect for the stuff that you've been doing because on this, I've never been searching that, the, the air cooled stuff, but I looked at your stuff on your website. looks like a lot of good quality stuff. The videos are huge, man. Like I looked at the video, of the guy assembling the wheel. I thought you were buying the wheels pre-made somewhere else and just third party in the wheels. I'm just, look, dude, who else is making stuff in America today? You know what I mean? It, it's a lost art. It's a, it, it's those types of things that, that as people do the digging and that's what you got to get your customers to do is dig a little bit. It'll be evident, self-evident of the time, effort, and energy you put into it. So you really you should be proud of it, man. I mean, air cooled is, is something that's, that's had some staying power. Uh, I'm stoked to get you on the podcast, man, because this is something that I really enjoy doing. I love getting down to like what it took, what what kind of commitments you had, and I'm and and the podcast is now out there where it's a platform where when you get ready to unveil something or something new is coming out or whatever, we can do a quick little ten minute just chat up about it and get it out there because the people that are getting this, it's majority of the people are in the United States, but there's uh, United Kingdom is second pushing Canada third. So Canadians need to kick it up. eh? I mean, let's get uh, some more downloads up there, but you know, it's a diverse scene. It's an eclectic group. I mean, all different kinds of people. So, and that's what my podcast is displaying like little, like there's so many from the outside world, the hot rod guys, it's just like, ah, it's the VW guys. But the VW guys see that there's 14 different layers in here, different kind of VW guys. Mm-hmm. And so that's a cool part, man. And, and you've been contributing a lot to it. And the purpose of my podcast is to get the influencers and the people that are doing things on the podcast so people can get, so they can sit. We've been re- chatting it up for an hour and 51 minutes now. You don't get an my, hour and 50. 50- my, my kids are eyeballing me behind me, right? They're like, we got to go. We got to go. What are we going to eat, dad? But anything, right? any, so, so we'll go ahead and kind of, we'll kind of wrap it up. So looking at, look, looking for air cooled setup at the Prado events, a perfect segue. We learned a lot about what you got going on. If you guys are down in Goodyear, man, hit them up. Go check out their shop. If you've never thought about going through there, just go through there. Check out what they got. Cruise their website. You'll have a newfound respect for what Pete's been doing because don't get caught up on the little blurbs that you see on the Sombra or whatever. Like give it, give, give it its attention. Give it, a, give it a review. Anything else you wanted to – people want to get in touch with you, Pete. How do they get in touch with you? Well, IG, uh, YouTube. And your uh, Instagram but- handle is aircooled? Air cooled, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, if you just search air cooled on uh, YouTube, you'll find me too. So, and, uh, I'll, and I'll also put some links down the bottom on the details in the podcast. When you hit the three little buttons at the bottom, I'll have a link to your. You got a Facebook page too? Uh, we, we, we have, but we're kind of like, that's a totally off subject, but let's just say, um, like, I, I have like 66,000 people that have liked my page and like 50 people get to see a post. I'm kind of like over it. It's so it's so it's interesting because there was just a guy. So yesterday, and tell your kids I'm sorry. So <laughs> sorry guys, but just yesterday there was a guy who posted something on there, 
And he was like, he posted on his VW page, this guy, Bob Corpsey, right? Might get him on the podcast. And he was like, I'm uploading 100 pictures a day. Nobody likes it. Nobody this. F it. I'm out of here. And then all of a sudden, all these people were like, I never saw your feed come up. I never saw your stuff come up. I never. And so it's interesting how Facebook's dynamic is because it's, it's, it's becoming like that Yelp thing for business. Like you either pay to play or it's going to be hard to find you. So now that everybody's listening to podcast land, get on there, click on his Facebook because the constant updating of content is what makes you relevant and what makes what overthrows the bots because what they're maybe trying to do is possibly not get you the traffic you want because they want you to pay to market because you're a business. Algorithm is everything. Correct. Correct. And and that's a big word, you know, that you have to really dig and I'm, I'm going to say I'm a pretty good marketer. And I understand what levers and what holes I can go in. And like, it was like, if you posted three pictures, you would get more seen readily available. If sure, you posted sure. uh, a video of new content, you get to see it. Absolutely. And the first video I did in 2018 had, you know, 2,600 likes, you know, and, yeah. and it shared like 2,000 times, like crazy, right? Right. The next video got saw, saw by 86 people and was like by four, you know, 40, like, you're like, yeah, th- that, what, what I don't understand. And, oh, they're like, oh, you can get this ad credit. You know, if you, if you pay for this, your, your viewers will see this. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I've, I've put this on every single catalog, every right. single business card, every single email is to send people your way to see my stuff so that when they go on and yeah. they're. Ignoring their wife, looking right. at Volkswagen parts. Yep. They see what I have to offer that day because it's like once or twice a day I'll put something up, a picture, a video, whatever, right? An article. Yeah, they've made it. Technology is like one button. It goes to Facebook, Twitter, right? Uh, IG, and, everything. And, Boom. And then it didn't get seen. So I said, you know what? I'm done, right? I'm going to have stuff that will cross-promote because – you know, obviously they'll still get seen. Sure. But I'm going to focus on YouTube. I'm going to focus on people receiving my email newsletter, um, you know, the, the where I can have an interaction because yeah. the conversation is everything. Yeah, right? absolutely. Let's have a, I don't want to sell you anything, but if you want to bounce an idea off me, like have a conversation, right? Like that's all it is. Sure. It's a conversation. So Instagram, you can have that conversation. YouTube, you can have that conversation. Uh, email, you can have it. We even have text, you know, so people could text you. Like, how many yeah. businesses have that text? No, you know? that's a that's a pretty dope app. I saw. I noticed that you're like, hey man, just we're on. We're not at the shop. Just text us. What do you need? Yeah, 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 yeah. Way better um, to have that conversation when you want it, not when somebody deems it okay because of algorithms, right? Right. So, right. So um, I'm not uh, necessarily supporting Facebook, but I'm there if you want to. Check so, me out. So they can check you out on Facebook. So we'll, we'll, we'll pump you up. We'll put the podcast, we'll, we'll, we'll pre-run the podcast, uh, put a little link on there on Facebook. We'll, uh, we'll get a, we'll get a little thing for you and we'll just see if we can't. Yeah. It's cool. tough, man, because as a business owner, it's like as a business owner, some people don't realize that everybody's trying to get in your pocket. Everybody's trying. Facebook says, okay, good. We got you 60,000 followers. Now, instead of all your hard work to get your 60,000 followers, we're going to make you pay Yep. to get to your 60,000 followers because they start putting it down. So I think they, I, I think that may be one of those things where, where, you know, I usually delete those things like, Hey, Facebook's changing their algorithms and you got to check this, this, and this to still get your feeds. That may be true. 
maybe we might have to look at some of those things that I've deleted in the past and go back through and do that. But so we can get to you. So, so Pete, anybody wants to get to you, you guys go obviously air cooled, air cooled.com. Correct. Spelled a little funny, right? How do you spell? <laughs> give, me the, give me the web address. Go ahead. A I R K E W L D.com. So you guys can go to aircool.com, take a look at the products he has. There's lots of links to all his videos on YouTube and all that stuff. What's really, really cool is if uh, this is how open page that, that uh, I could tell Pete is, even if you bought one of his kits from somebody that bought one, never put on the car, you can go online and get the instructions for it. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I thought that was pretty, I thought that was really, really handy because a lot of people don't service their customers because some people actually do that. Some people buy a whole kit and then have to bail on their project and sell their kit. And then, you know, then, then you try to call the shop and they're trying to get at you like 20 bucks for the kit or for the install instructions or whatever the case is, but you're open book, you're transparent. You put that on there so you don't got to put the the package and everything and save Mm -hmm. paper and people can go online and and get the instructions. So there's lots of good information on uh, aircool.com. And uh, check him out on Instagram and also Facebook. Are you on Twitter at all? I am. Let's tweet. Yeah. So so hit so <laughs> so, so, so hit him hit him up on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter because I haven't really haven't really nailed down the purpose of Twitter. At least for me. I mean, it's, I guess it could be some exposure, could be some whatever. But you know, I got a 13 year old kid that should be schooling me on social media marketing, but he's not. I, I think it comes down to like each individual user has a way that they like to communicate yeah. whether it's phone text email facebook instagram like, and facebook are for me like the easiest because of my demographic you know what i mean the people yeah that, you, you just got to have the channels you know yeah. so the people can get a hold of you any way they can and and that's um, it so they're all open well cool pete anything you wanted to leave us with before anything you wanted to did, we got it all out there well, uh, I'll probably talk about it later if we if you have me on again. But uh, we're building a chassis that we're raffling off. That's right. You're doing a chassis raffle. Talk about the chassis yeah, raffle, man. Yeah, how yeah, how do people get into the chassis raffle? Uh, $5 ticket. Get, you can uh, buy a ticket. Uh, we're, we're doing a whole YouTube uh, vlog on it. Okay. Everything from building uh, the chassis to wheels to transmission to we have a new caster, pl- caster pro beam they're putting together. Um and Christmas morning, we're going to call somebody and let them know that they won the chassis. Nice. And um, we're debuting it at SEMA. So it's the first time in 14 years we've been to SEMA. I was going to say, because SEMA's not cheap to go to. It's like 20 grand plus. 20 grand to go to SEMA. Like, you got to be committed. Oh, yeah. To go so to SEMA. We're, we're going there on the premise of having uh, Pro Built Beams be the kind of the base of you know builders you know sure. so people that are building like the wagon or cookers or yeah. you know like all these these companies out there that want to have suspension setups like ready to go yeah that's 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 my core market right now my core that's business, who you're right? going for like that that's who you'd like to sell your beans to those guys yeah, the builders. yeah yeah so i have a couple guys in florida that buy five at a time you know five assembled beams five trannies five sets of brakes you know we palletize them ship them out everywhere yeah um, it's awesome to have that, that rapport with them. You know what I'm saying? So sure. you kind of bounce ideas off of them. So the chassis is just a cool thing that we get kind of get back into doing that and have our creative juices going. But no, that's, that's awesome, all. man. So that's somebody's going to get that. They can go on, they can go on your YouTube page or they can go on your website and they can buy a $5 ticket to win the, yep. win the chassis. Yep. And then they win that chassis. Now I'm sure there's all kinds of, I, I saw a little blurb on there. There's all kinds of legal mumbo jumbo about a, a giveaway and all kind of stuff. You, you have to, you have to have it there, you know? Sure. Um, no, I, you, you have to, because of course, you know, there's always people looking to gift horse in the mouth. So you right. 
you got to be ready for that. But listen, all we can hope is that the guy who gets that chassis is the guy that really appreciates it. They're going to give yep. it away on uh, December on Christmas Day. Christmas Christmas morning. We're going to debut it. We're going to do live stream. Nice. We're gonna we, we're using random.org to dial in uh, to do a number. Nice. And uh, we're gonna find out who that who has that number, and we're gonna do a call. Obviously, if it's the middle of the night in Norway, we're probably not gonna do that call. But right. uh, we're we're gonna find out uh, who the winner is. That'll be exciting. That'll be a great Christmas present. Right. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the value of that thing's got to be what the fifteen fifteen grand, fifteen twenty grand. I I'm I'm thinking of just cost wise. I'll probably be into it twenty grand. Yeah, just your hard cost, hard cost and labor. Not labor. Oh, no labor, just just material no product. Just material. Yikes. Well, so. that's cool. I mean, we're looking forward to that. We'll get you back on just before that happens, man. I mean, cool. like I said, the the purpose of this is keep it keep it modern, keep it relevant, and keep everybody kind of in the loop and what's connected. So, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. I look forward to uh, seeing you at the next show that I'm at. We'll kind of just uh, I'm going to be down at the DKP meet down there on the 31st, and then. Uh, and then the two shows after that, but maybe not because less than you guys are going out. I might have to run down to Prado, man. You guys are, you guys are uh, making it hard on me, but, uh, listen, I'm sorry to the wife and the kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I drag mine with me, man. I'm, I make them all go. So, but no, man. Well, cool. Pete, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate what you're doing in the scene, man. And, uh, plenty of good luck to you in the future. Thank you so much. All you right, take brother. care. Later.